Welcome to the What The Real Podcast. Um, my name is Daniel Martinez, and tonight, uh, here are my co-hosts, Austin Estrada. Hello, hello. And Jesus Vicente. What up? Uh, today, we will be talking about the movie The Gentleman from 2020, uh, by, directed by Guy Ritchie, and starring and. Hold on to your seats because this is a this is an amazing cast. Uh, Matthew McConaughey, Charlie Hunnam, Henry Golding, Michelle Dockery, Jeremy Strong, Ed Marson, Colin Farrell, and Hugh Grant in a role like you may have never seen him before. Like, so we're gonna go deep into this movie. Uh, this is kind of a mystery. There's there's a lot of twists to this movie. It's not a mystery, but there's a lot of twists to this movie. So full spoilers ahead. We definitely recommend you watch the movie uh, before uh, you listen to the podcast. But, you know, do it at your own risk. Uh, as long as we get the download, you can do it whatever you want. Uh, but before we get into the actual movie, let's talk a little bit about when we... Because this movie debuted in, in January of 2020. Uh, but as of recording, we're all still in quarantine, so there's no new movies out. And we just kind of made the executive decision of like, well, we want to keep putting content out, but what are we going to talk about? And then this movie came out in uh, VOD recently, and we're like, well, let's do this. So you guys want to tell me... Now, Chewie, Chewie and I went to watch this movie when it first came out <clears throat> at the theater. And I got to say, it was pretty empty when we went, which was really amazing but we did like one we noticed one thing that the crowd that we were sitting with was i'm gonna say 60 years plus in age and chewie and i were just like are we here for like the early bird what's going on because (laughs) is this guy richie's following are they here for charlie hunnam um yeah that was that was pretty interesting uh, Chiu, do you, you remember anything from that day? I do, actually. Uh, I can completely agree. And pretty much, I think we were the only young younglings, I guess. I guess we were, I mean, we're not that young, but... Uh, I mean, compared to those yeah, people, we're, yeah. We're, 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 we're definitely middle of the pack, so... Yeah. Uh, definitely no kids laughing in that theater. Uh, Probably for the best. But, yeah, because, I mean, you know, the, the movie was, was definitely more for an adult... Uh, you know, adult crowd, you know, Guy Ritchie does a lot of uh, tongue-in-cheek type jokes and and stuff like that. So I guess uh, the second disclaimer, uh, across the pond in the UK, they throw the C word around very loosely. So if one of us kind of quotes the movie and throws that out there, please don't take it against us. It's just part of the ambience we're trying to create for the, for the podcast. It's okay, you... Oh, I'm happy. Oh, wow. I'm uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna see what to do with the bleep button. Throw a little utini in there. Yeah, something. Uh, but Austin, so you didn't get to go watch this in the theater, huh? No, I know I didn't get a chance to. I wanted to, but um, yeah, I had to wait for it to come out on on VOD. Okay, cool. Well, uh, let's dive into the actual film. Uh, Chewie, if you want to hit us up with the summary, and then we'll just kind of talk about what's going on throughout the film. Yes, sir. So uh, Mickey Pearson or Michael Pearson, played by Matthew McConaughey, is a is an American expatriate who became rich by building a highly profitable marijuana empire in London. Uh, when word gets out that he's looking to cash out of the business, it soon triggers an array of plots and schemes, including bribery and blackmail from shady characters who want to steal his domain. Big Dave, uh, who is an editor at the Daily Print tabloid, is snubbed by the cannabis baron Mickey Pearson at a party and hires a private investigator, who's Fletcher, played by Hugh Grant, to investigate Pearson's links to Lord Pressfield, a royal duke with a heroin-addicted daughter. Fletcher offers to sell his findings, typed up as a screenplay entitled Bush, to Pearson's right-hand man Raymond for $20 million, I'm assuming that is pounds. That is pounds. Pounds. Um, so... I had no idea what kind of criminal movie this was going to be. 
I was mainly there because of the cast and Guy Ritchie. I didn't expect it to be about marijuana. Yeah, I don't think they, they showed that at all, did they, uh-uh. in any of the trailers? No, and I didn't know that. I mean, I don't know what the business is like in the UK. So maybe it is something that's more prominent than we might think of. Um, but it, it was an interesting setup for a, a a different type of gangster movie, I think. Yeah. Yeah, because like, uh, I mean, all the trailers showed is that Matthew McConaughey's par- character, Mickey, was just a kingpin of some sort, but we didn't know of what, you know, whether it was drugs, I mean, trafficking or whatever, you know, whatever. So, you know, but, uh, but yeah, but what kind of drew me to the movie was the same. Pretty much the cast was strong as hell and Guy Ritchie, man. And another, another quick kind of like dumb thing. So for the longest part, I thought that Hugh Grant's character was Ed Helms from the office. Oh, really? Because he looks so different. Like, I don't know if you, if you kind of look at him, like he gives, I don't know, under the glasses. I'm looking at the poster right now. And I, I, I could just, I just remember that I was like, what the hell is it Ed Helms doing in a Guy Ritchie movie? <laughs> but, um, all right, let me, let me jump in to try to talk about the plot a little bit. Like we said, this is full spoilers. Uh, and then we can also talk about the device that, that Guy Ritchie used to tell the movie because it's not a very straightforward, like, linear movie. It kind of goes back and forth. Uh, so at first, Mickey Pearson is planning to sell his business to American billionaire Matthew Berger, played by, uh, I believe that's Jeremy Strong, for 400 million pounds uh, so he can retire peacefully with his wife, Rosalind. Uh Pearson shows Berger one of the labs under his states. Uh, who need the the states are located in like in these houses for the lords who need cash to upkeep, which we can talk about a little bit because that's a pretty interesting setup. Uh, and then also Dry Eye and new underboss for the Chinese gangsters offers to buy Pearson's business, but he refuses. Uh, Pearson's lab is then raided by amateur MMA fighters and aspiring YouTubers called the Toddlers. Which we will also dive yeah. into. <laughs> uh, yes. The fighters trained known only as coach, played by Colin Farrell, orders them or orders them to delete the video and is horrified when he discovers that the cannabis they stole belongs to Pearson. So a lot happens there, but the way this movie is kind of set up, it's all being narrated by uh Fletcher, who's played by Hugh Grant, and he's telling this story to Charlie Hunnam's character, Ray. Yes, let's let's talk about this this whole first set of events. The f- the f- first thing that comes to my mind is when he when um Matthew McConaughey gets shot, or we think yeah. that I I was like, holy shit, what just happened? <laughs> We're starting here. What the hell? I yeah, was this- like, there goes the whole movie. That was short. Well, because with the, with this big cast, it's not. It wouldn't be unusual to have kind of that that big big just like we get Matthew McConaughey for like one scene and then he's out of the movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of like the but, hunt. Yeah, right. if you've seen then, the hunt, yeah, you but, know what we're talking right. about. But then again it would have been like, ah, oh, really? You know, kinda of like but at the same time, but they again Guy Ritchie played it very well and first of all, using Hugh Grant as Fletcher to narrate the entire like what actually happened or what is going on. I thought was clever and hilarious. Like a lot of people forget, um, Hugh Grant has a lot of range, and a lot, and that includes comedy. Like he's he's super comedic when it comes to like things he says and how he says things. Um, for those listening, uh, if you've never seen Nine Months, you should. That's a hilarious movie. Also with Hugh Grant, that movie's it's Hugh Grant, uh, Robin Williams, and Julianne Moore. Um, again, just outrageously hilarious film so um but yeah Hugh Grant like just does well with narrating and kind of taking us from a certain point but then all the way back to where like it kind of starts and then it kind of goes it jumps all the way around but he does just a great job kind of keeping everything mysterious I guess kind of keep you on the edge of your seat seeing what 
you know, what you, you know, what, uh, what is to come and what actually did happen. I had the same reaction Austin did when Matthew McConaughey got shot. I was like, yo, what the, what the hell just happened? I'm like, <laughs> please explain this to me. So I'm pretty sure I saw that set up. I was like, what? Yeah, I think we, yeah. There, so there was two moments in this movie that I jumped and I shouldn't have, but it happened. And that was one of them. And then, you know, like Chi was saying, like, I like the fact that Hugh Grant is telling the story to Charlie Hunnam's character, who's kind of like the proxy for the audience. So, like, if once he starts going, I felt engaged immediately with the movie and the narrative. And, like, I want to know, because obviously Raymond knows that that Matthew McConaughey's character isn't dead since, you know, we later discover that he was there. Um so it was it was a very interesting way to kind of set up the like just kind of spoon feed the audience little by little as opposed to giving you big chunks of story. Yeah, and I I, I liked how um Hugh Grant when he's telling the story, he throws in like some outlandish things like where the crazy dry eye goes and you see uh dry eye just just doing like a uh <laughs> um uh uh Scarface style, yeah. just shooting the machine gun in the air, and then and then he's like, Charlie Hunnam's like, that's not dry eye at all, and he's like, yeah, I know, but for the movie, you know, right? Yeah, because, so, great. so great. So Fletcher put all this like like the summary. I think the summary mentioned that he put all this into a script. Yeah, a called play, Bush. Called Bush, which Bush. I, I watched an interview with Charlie Hunnam, and Bush was the the working title for the film. Before they named, I think they they named it that, and they were gonna call it like Tough Guys, or and I think they they decided on the gentleman because I yeah if we call it Bush, I don't know that American audiences would be like what what is that about like yeah because we don't call marijuana that I don't I mean at least I don't think it's a not 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 on not on this side of the pond not that I'm aware of but then again like you know straight edge over here. So. All right, let's talk about the toddlers because holy shit! Now, Austin, did you already order your tracksuit? Oh gosh, dude, that was sick. The all in the track shoots, filming. Oh man, their moves. I was like, oh, throwing some MMA in there. I was, I was confused at first. I was like, what is going on? And then there, I was like, they're about to get their asses beat. Yeah. Oh yeah. fuck! And nope, that video footage of them doing backflips and arm tell, bars and and all that stuff was was tell me bad. that wasn't the, tell me that wasn't the greatest hip-hop thing you've ever seen in your life right oh i wouldn't <laughs> Jim, i don't know if you stayed through the credits but they did it in the credits too yeah. i was gonna yeah. turn it i was fast forwarding through the credits and then i saw that i was like oh rewind yeah. <laughs> and watch that whole music video <laughs> yeah and i don't know about i don't know if the actors that uh, play those roles they they really do hip hop over the only one i recognized was one of the guys played firestorm in the in the cw shows he uh, actually Jackson. is uh, just to, just to answer your question diesel he actually is a rapper okay. as well so that that was cool and then yeah when we got out of there Q and i were like uh, we're getting tracksuits right but because they're not like just the regular tracksuits that we have here in america once again the uk kind of has a lot of cool shit that we don't know about Right. Um, like I never saw those in. Well, how come the Harry Potter kids weren't wearing the, that stuff in those movies where they wore regular clothes? Exactly, because that's or, what the the or, little youths were wearing. I mean, when I mean why can't we get why can't we get like plaid you know plaid tracksuits, man? Like, yeah. why is it just single color or two colors and that's it? Like, we we need boring. to know. You know, come on, man! It's like, boring. Man, it's like walk around with walk around with like a plaid square. What the hell was Colin Farrell wearing? It was. Check was it checkered? And it, it was, was like green. checkered something, yeah. It's, it was green and blue. And I was like, man, that looks dope as hell. Now, what what did you guys think of the? I get the first twist is how the the marijuana is being grown and stored, and like like that twist of them using the 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 houses of the lords, and the fact that you know they explain so whenever a lord passes away before the inheritance goes to the next next in line, I guess. And if you know anything about the line of succession and all these lords and ladies and dukes and stuff, you know, let us know. But so you got to pay half of it to the government, like a state tax, and then you inherit the state. But obviously, if you don't have that 
influx of cash to upkeep because you also have a responsibility, I guess, to upkeep your property. Yeah, or, yeah. Or, or yeah. I think the government can interfere there too. I don't yeah. like I don't know how that stuff works, but it was an interesting. It's interesting as an outsider seeing that, and then you know Matthew McConaughey figuring out how he could use that to his advantage. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was genius, like the way he did it. Because I mean, the film does a good job at the beginning explaining to you that he sort of is a genius in his own right like he got shipped off to like oxford and like was a was a road scholar and all this and if nobody knows what a road scholar is by now basically a road scholar is one that's like has high-end connections and has a really high-end education as well and so with those connections he got them with the lords and he got it was 11 or 12 estates was it, Daniel? Yeah, he had 12 originally, oh. and then... They yeah, like, like 12 estates, basically. And like Daniel said, he was helping them pay their fees to the government, and then thus the lords would help him by covering up his operation, which he kept underground, which was also very smart, because that means you bring in tech, you know, the tech side of it. Um, you know, because marijuana doesn't necessarily have to, like, grow, like, under the sun. You can actually just make like heat lamps and uv lamps and all that stuff and so that's basically what he did he took he took big ass uh freight what is it the freight trailers and like he pretty much had 12 of those full yeah. of uh cannabis plants so uh, it was it's pretty it's pretty genius on his part yeah for sure and i think probably also additionally smart i bet those um underground areas were probably already there from the the lords and manors so that's probably the huge existing space. He didn't have to dig it out and build it out, right? So that, that oh, that's thing. interesting. I didn't even put that together. I thought he had to build. Yeah, that makes sense that they would already have that kind of infrastructure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because like I mean, those you know, because in the UK we've all we've always seen it, right? It's like these houses are not necessarily the houses that we know. They're like castles and like you know they have all these underground. Look, man, and all this stuff, and it's kind of like you know. I don't watch a lot of Downtown Abbey, so I don't know. <laughs> oh, <laughs> if you guys right. are big fans, then uh, you know. Christina can hook you up. The the only thing I know is that in like you know over there, their staircases move on their own, and <laughs> so <laughs> I go by Harry Potter rules when it comes to the UK infrastructure. All right, Austin, you want to go to the next part? Sure. All right, so Pearson gives, begins transferring his cannabis plants out of the estates. He also agrees to bring home Pressfield's wayward daughter, Laura. Raymond retrieves Laura from a council estate where she's living with several other addicts. However, in a brawl with, with her flatmate, one of Raymond's men accidentally pushes Oslin, a young Russian man, out of the window to his death. Laura later dies of a heroin overdose. Meanwhile... Pearson threatens Lord George for going after his lab and destroys one of his heroin labs in retaliation. George chastises Dry Eye for his insubordination attacking Pearson and offering to buy him out. Dry Eye betrays and executes Lord George. Lord George was the, yeah, I think I didn't put that on the above, but Lord George was like Dry Eye's, uh, like the main gangster of his the, his gang with, with the, the heroin trade. Right. Uh, so the head dragon. Yeah, kind of a competitor to uh, Mickey. No, Hitler. not not, not the right competitor. He was a uh, heated the heroin and and what I'm saying and, still like, a drug, and stuff. like a drug competitor, but like not directly. But it's still, but, but in essence, it still is a competitor. Yeah, because like, he's still I like mean, a the, the gangster. Because I mean, you, you, come on, man. If you're if you're a gangster, you want to control it all. You don't just yeah. want to just. And, and Pearson kind of made so. it clear that he didn't want heroin around his stuff. So like. They might have had territories and stuff that they outlined where maybe you can't only sell weed or you can only... Right, 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 right. right, right. Um, so let's talk about Laura's subplot because I think that kind of gets wrapped up pretty much in this in this piece of the movie. Um, it kind of comes back, but the only one piece of it does. The fact that, that these lords and, and people in the, you know, they felt that they could go to Michael for, for help. It gives you a lot of those Godfather vibes where like, I need to ask your favor and, you know... We know you could take care of this. So wait, they, I thought he, that they were related. No, no, no he's just one no. of the people that he's uh, his he's got uh, he's got a thing oh. in his feet. Yeah, I, I totally missed that. She's related to the Lord. Oh right. well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew she, it's their daughter. 
not to Matthew McConaughey, no. It's, oh, I, I thought it's more of like a, it's more of like a, like a favorite or a friend, like a business relationship. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. Like it's right. A, they have a business relationship. Obviously, he's seen her grow up, and you know, and all that stuff, and whatever. But it's more of a business thing. So, and Diesel, um, Daniel, sorry, uh, Daniel, I thought it was more. Uh, it wasn't really a favorite. It was more of a like Michael trying to do something for them to kind of keep them. Cause remember he lost a lot of money in that rate that the toddlers did mm, for all that, yeah. for all the, all the marijuana that they took. So kind of like that other Lord where he visited, he's like, you know what, let me take care of the roof for you. You know, don't, you don't have to ask me. I'm going to just take care of it for you. Yeah. And you keep doing, you keep doing what you're doing. And I think he did the same thing. Okay. With, no. The other lord who well, but he that, uh, that lord he was leave that was the one that got raided. He's gonna have to move it so that person was losing all the revenue right. from the oh, okay. grow house. So, so like, he's uh, like, let uh, me take care uh, of this uh, as uh, one last gesture. Yeah, right. I'm move, moving out. And I gotta say, Charlie Hunnam as a yes. as Raymond, he was dude was just cool. Like that whole that whole sequence of events where like you are you're the go to guy, you're the capable dude that can get shit done. Uh, and then he's got his own like. Little henchman, Bunny. I love Bunny. He was yeah, super Bunny. cool. <laughs> yeah, but that whole uh, when he went to when he went to the flat with Laura and the other two, the other two addicts. I think the other kid was a wasn't he like a pop star or something? I remember like Big Dave talking about like he you saw like the newspaper clippings and stuff. Yeah. I was like, I think he was like a big pop star or something or whatever. But anyway, so they were all. That scene to me was so great and hilarious because it's like Charlie Hunnam does everything nicely to begin with. He's like, look, be better for everybody involved if I just come in and like, and whatever. So like, anyway, they break through the door and it's like the intimidation factor of him just like walking around and seeing all of them that are there and the stuff that he says. And of course, the word that we shall not say again podcast gets <laughs> around a lot in that scene so we want to keep it pg-13 so we only uh, get one so but i just thought the intimidation factor was just hilarious yeah. like especially when that kid was like no you're gonna get the hell out of here now and he's like no you're gonna sit your ass down and it's like i just i just thought it was so cool just so fucking hilarious well and i think the the coolest part here and to me at least is that the fact that he's setting up another twist that we don't even know like we obviously there's going to be consequences to Aslan falling off the the balcony but we don't know how big like the audience doesn't expect the consequences to be so big uh later on right yeah so it's just like a it's like a there's a twist but then there's like a a bigger twist that you don't we can only see the top of the iceberg there and right. What, and remember, you know, it was it was gravity. It was the balcony or the push. It was it was gravity. Gravity that killed him. One thing that I loved about that scene was, um, and going on Charlie Hunnam again, is that you're you don't know why Charlie Hunnam is relied on because all he's doing right is just sitting there walking around. He's not doing much. He's just telling other dudes to do it. Right. He didn't really do anything. Mm-hmm. But then when shit hits the fan and he's got to go chase, he should whips it out and says, nah, yeah. this is this is why you don't fuck with me, and this is why I'm on top. So I thought that was pretty dope, have, having him show both sides within that same scene, just the cool head honcho, and then to, well, if I gotta go hunt this guy down, like, hey, I'm offering you money, take it? No? Alright, you get nothing. Yeah, he just kind of yeah. takes charge, and then, man, when he pulled out that whatever gun he had hanging off of him... I didn't even know he had I didn't even right? know he had that. He ran with that shit <laughs> hanging off him. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. I was like, where did you where did you pull that out from? I was like, where? Like what? It's like you were running the entire time. Where was that? God, dude, Hollywood, man. So I was just like, come on, dude. Are you kidding me? Yeah, and I mean he all his outfits were pretty dope too. Like any anything that Charlie Hunter yeah. was wearing. All right, let's yeah. So we get Laura back home, and then let's move on to the next piece. Uh, Chu, you want to jump in? Unknown Pearson Dry Eye is in league with Burger, who had wanted Pearson's business disrupted to reduce the price. 
Dry Eye has taken Lord George's place and still hopes to take Pearson's empire for himself. Dry Eye tries to kidnap Rosalind, who kills Dry Eye's men before she runs out of bullets in her two-shot Derringer. Oh, nice. Uh, Raymond kills an assassin sent to kill Pearson. The two rush to Rosalind, and Pearson kills Dry Eye as he is about to rape her. Fletcher ends his story, and Raymond order, orders him to leave his house. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's start with the. We'll start with the first part. Twist. That we get another twist to this whole story that Berger and Drya working together. Right. So I didn't. I didn't think that was. I mean, I know it was supposed to be a twist, but like that's kind of what I thought the whole time that it was. It was. Um, uh, Berger. 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 Yeah, and let, uh, let me tell you why I'm surprised, and that's just kind of to my own. The way they set up Berger's character as like this kind of timid dude that, you know, like he doesn't seem, obviously, appearances were deceiving in that point. Um, right. And that's kind of why I feel I got tricked for it. But he pushed him on the price up front already. Like he was, he was already pushing on the price. That's why, like, I had a feeling like, yeah, yeah. because what, what's, what's going to hurt his stake in it? And to add to that, he he's the only one that has been down there and has seen it. So that's true for me. Right. So so we kind of like right when, right when uh, right when the toddlers hit the hit the marijuana the stash, and then they have that little meeting where where Raymond's like, "Here, you might want to see this," and he sees the video, the hip hop video that they're making. Yeah. With the hose in, he's like, and he's like, "What the hell is going on?" It's like, and Rosalind Rosalind says it correctly. It's like. This is not a coincidence. Like, there's, there's, there's trickery. There's fuckery afoot, or whatever right. she says, or whatever you know. So, like, uh, you know, someone's, someone's messing. And lo and behold, I mean, it's, it's obviously Burger at that point. But to Daniel's point, we didn't know how ruthless he was until actually when they're in the stadium. They're watching. I think they're watching a soccer match. Correct. And like, they're in the stadium, and like. Hugh Grant's character is videotaping and he literally tells Dry Eyes, he's like, look, dude, you've been swimming in the sea for like two days. I've been swimming in the sea for 20 plus years. Like, if anyone's going to fall, you are. You know, my my my, my, Musad, my Musad crabs, my Musad crabs are going to eat you alive, which I thought that was hilarious, but yeah. whatever. Yeah. Well, um, and then also the, yeah, like, the, re- the reveal of how, how uh, Fletcher knows you know how he found out about him by like with a telescope lens from the other side of the stadium, and then he had to get somebody to read the lips and translate or transcribe it. Um, I that thought was, that was pretty that cool. That was pretty funny. <laughs> the octopuses, yeah, <laughs> just <laughs> random words. And he's like, <laughs> yeah. and he just goes to shit from here, yeah. and he didn't know. <laughs> no man. And then when they try to do the script back and forth, and Charlie Hunnam is not acting it acting it correctly. He's stopping. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. he's like, I need a little bit. I need a little bit more umph beyond it. Like I was like, come <laughs> on. Dude. Uh, before we move on, there's a. I, I guess I was reading our notes, and I guess we, we might not have my favorite scene of the movie in here, like that, to talk about. And it is it it's actually two scenes when Matthew McConaughey's characters goes to see uh, Lord George in his restaurant. And how they kind of fold that in with Laura dying of an overdose, like like everything. Like I felt that was such a really just such a cool scene and the way they put it together. Like as soon as Lord George starts throwing up because he poisoned the because Mickey poisoned him, and then you see Laura passing out on the lawn, and then the music hits, and it's like it's really it's all both scenes are silent, but the score just kind of yep. drives it home. And and they make you feel the anger that Mickey's feeling at the time, not only because uh, we can tell he he doesn't like to be fucked with, but then he also, you know, heroin ruined Laura's life. And whether or not he, you know, it wasn't his fault, but he, I, I feel like he still feels responsible for it. Right. Uh, and then, you know, like, you just don't fuck with Mickey. So, like, like that whole yeah. sequence was just, re- I really enjoyed that. And I felt, yeah. I felt. I don't know if this was true, but I felt like that maybe that that heroin scene with Laura dying might have happened pre that meeting, mm-hmm. because a lot of the stuff that he talks about is about that hatred for that heroin and stuff. 
Oh, like and he so, might know she died. Yeah, and that's what fueled him to go a step further because he already knew that. I mean, he was already kind of told that Dry Eye kind of acted alone, and so this was kind of like that put him over the top to go straight to him, whether it was him or not. Mm-hmm. Kind of like um, Colin Farrell did. Yeah, you need to take responsibility for the people under you, whether they go behind your back or not, type thing. Right. So yeah. I felt like maybe that scene happened before. But interlaced together, you feel that impact of of his hatred, not only for what's going on, but also for the heroine. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't I know if anybody else got that, but that's how I felt. No, no, yeah. I mean, I, I I didn't see it that way. I saw it more of Daniel's way. But either way, it's the impact is still there, right? It's like yeah, for sure. You know, actually, yeah, I like so, it. I like I like it when you when you put it that way. I, I enjoy it. Yeah, I feel like it makes sense because earlier on. Uh, Fletcher tells us, I mean, not Fletcher, Raymond tells us that Fletcher is a cool guy, right? Because he makes up that scene where he's about to, like, he shoots Dry yeah. in the nuts, <laughs> and then he's about yeah. to kill him, and then he's like, that's not what happened. Right. Like, Mickey's right. cooler than that. But then in the next sequence, you tell us, like, yeah, Mickey can also lose his shit. I mean, we saw him earlier wiping blood off a machete when he was younger, so we know he has a temper. Yeah, for so. sure. Yeah. All right, uh, and then you know we go back to that gun that that uh, Berger gave him as a as a paperweight because you can't gift guns in the, in the UK, um, right. which was interesting. I, I didn't know that was a thing. Uh, so yeah, I mean, but you, I guess you can call it a paperweight, and I guess it holds. It is true. Just a paperweight with yeah. six little paperweights with it. That's right. Multiple paper <laughs> paperweight set. Um, and and that little derringer gun is a it does damage Mm -hmm. like for a second there i was like oh shit it only just dinged him on the head i was like he didn't actually die because he took him a while and (laughs) i was like oh no she's fucked and then he uh, fell down and i was like all right all right yeah but it is cool it is cool they showed like a bullet not going all the way through because yeah. it's not that strong of a shot, but it's still gonna like it's still gonna pierce, through, right? Because if it would have yeah. gone through the through the skull, I would have been like, eh, I don't know about all that. But the fact that it didn't go through it, I thought it was uh, was pretty. Man, and she was she was a hell of a good shot, and she was right? a badass. The, the second like, the second one, Christina goes, Christina goes, damn, she's got a shot. <laughs> I was like, yo, yeah. I say, hey man, but you know that's hey that that that's Mickey's character, man. He picks he picks the best, including his wife, man. Yeah. that's that's the way it goes. I, that that was the only goes. thing that maybe we could have had more of the wife, like because she was. I liked her a lot as a character. She a had lot. her own kind of like business, uh, mm-hmm. but I, maybe some of the stuff got had to get cut out just for time, like with developing her character. She was kind of the only woman in the movie, really, Sequel. other than other than Laura, like. She yeah. was definitely the other, the only other woman that had an actual name. Uh, yeah. So that was weird. Like I, I'll need to go back and look at some other Guy Ritchie's films. I mean, the last one in Aladdin, like the co-main characters, you know, it's Princess Jasmine. So, like, I don't know, I don't right. know if it's something whenever he writes or whatever. But um, okay, we he can... actually wrote part of, I think, as well. I actually movie. wouldn't. You wrote. You wrote Aladdin. Uh... As well. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing more of her character in a in a in a sequel. I actually yeah. do think that they might make a sequel, but that's that's just me. For sure, but, I uh, just loved. I loved how she she held herself with with everything, and like she was definitely the woman behind that man. Like mm-hmm. she knew what what the heck was going on. She wasn't some some pretty girl just kind of sitting by the sidelines. No, she ran her business on point, and then when shit happened with his business she was right there with like no this is what needs to happen oh you... yeah kind of nudging him in in sort of uh different ways but yeah and apparently she owned her own body shop i think that that whole shop yeah that was, was all her, her business that's, mm-hmm. yeah that was, yeah that's that what i got strictly, the feeling too that was strictly hers and i'm like okay okay especially when she rolled up in a well she had a driver but when she rolled up in that nice little beamer i'm like Okay. Oh shit, man. This movie. She walked in. She walked into that girl and was like, "Uh, uh, you've been waiting here." 
All right. Yeah. Everything's free on free on free. Yeah. Yeah. So list thing, now we're gonna get you out now. Yeah. Customer service, baby. Yeah, um, and she and she obviously knew about cars because when she was reading the the manifest, yeah, when she was talking to Dry Eye, and she's like, you know, turbo engines and like twenty, like what, one hundred and twenty rims. With like, she knew exactly what she was talking about. I'm like, well, shit, man. All right, all right, not bad. I see you. So. All right. Cool. Uh, Austin, you want to go with the next piece? Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Fletcher has merely confirmed Pearson's suspicions about the link between Dry Eye and Burger. Pearson and Burger meet up again in a frozen fish plant, actually a cover for Pearson's European distribution operation. Burger drops his offer to 130 million, million pounds on account of the recent distributions it has ex- experienced. Disruptions it has experienced. But Pearson reveals his knowledge of Burger's plan, shows him Dry Eye's frozen body, and tells him he is keeping his business. Pearson forces Berger inside a refrigerator while he, where he will be frozen in death unless he transfers 270 million euros compensation and for the assault on Rosalind. Cuts a pound of flesh from his own body. Dude. Yeah. I, what a I, badass. I, it, it, was not yes. a big, it was not a big scene, but I wanted to keep it all in because I think that's interesting too. Like it was just, once again, we have like two storylines going again. We have Raymond stuff that we'll talk about next, uh, but we kind of have to wrap up everything before the stories collide again. Um, and man, like, yeah, just the fact. Just, this is where this is where this is where McConaughey shines. Like, for sure, man, he because again, we we talk, we talked about at the beginning the strength of the cast and. You know, and Matthew McConaughey, of course, you know, with all the Oscar nominations and all this, man, this is where, like, he, this is where he delivers. And I'm just, you know, and he's like, I'm not emotional, you know, money and all this stuff. And, but, dude, when he yells, my wife, I was like, dude, I was like, yo, it's like, dude, he's being, he's being dead fucking serious right now about, you know, and it's just, he just delivers, man. He just, you see the, you see the the oh shit moment from Ber- Burger's face, you know, like, damn, dude, like I completely shit the bed, you know, and so it just Matthew, he just he just delivers, man, and I love that that entire scene is one of my favorite ones in the whole entire movie. So, yeah, I think I think it's cool how he lets him like go through his whole speech, and he's like. And lets him give him the number that it's supposed to be. He's like, you just gave me the exact amount that you cost me. Now you're going to transfer it. And then you're going to have to cut your own flesh or we're going to take it from you. Man. A, that pound, was... a pound of flesh. He's like, he's like, I don't care how long it takes, but you're going to be in the fridge. So you're probably freeze to that by the time that happens. That's so a... I was like, man. Yeah, that's like uh, in that movie Seven. Uh, you know, yeah. one of, one of the, yeah, yeah, same thing. Because like, it makes me think. Like, look, Berger was not a big dude, so like, I don't even know where you would get like a pound of flesh from. Like, I'm a big dude. I got plenty of stuff to like, if I had to do it to not get frozen. But man, yeah. Uh, and if not, Bunny gets to choose. Oof. And you know yep. what's coming off. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's 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 move on to the. To the end of Raymond's story before the stories collide again. Uh, I think my turn, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Fletcher approaches Raymond again for his payment, but Raymond reveals that he was tailing Fletcher all along. Uh, the fighters have, the toddlers have stolen his stashes of evidence against after Raymond placed a tracker on him during their last encounter. Fletcher reveals that he has also sold info to Aslan's father, the Russian oligarch and former KGB agent, the assassin that Raymond earlier killed was one of the Russians. Uh, Coach kills two Russian hitmen sent to kill Raymond while Fletcher escapes the chaos. Pearson is kidnapped by the other two Russians, but they are quickly ambushed by Coach's students who want to uh, solve Coach's problem. They assault the car with the bullets, killing the Russians and allowing Pearson to escape. Um... I thought it was a. 
<laughs> oh, excuse me. Uh, it was a very interesting way to kind of wrap things up uh, because you think you think we're done, right? Like that's it. But then that that one little twist that you set up in the beginning with Oslin, you know, falling off and dying uh, via gravity, uh, it, it comes back. It comes back to hunt them. And then there's a reason why they were showing that that kid getting out of school, ignoring his dad, and that turns out to be the Russian man. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I, I really liked it. I I don't know how much I like that the the toddlers inadvertently resolved um, the problem because they were there at the wrong place at the wrong time or the right place at the right time, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, just killing the wrong people. But I mean, I'm not gonna complain. I think it was it was kind of all wrapped up. Yeah, I think I think the key there with that one, I feel the same way a little bit because it's like Matthew McConaughey's has his ship ran pretty concise, and then to have something slip up so so slip up like this. Now we don't know enough about the Russian family to know, like, yeah, they're. I mean, he's ex KGB, but um, we don't really get an insight of how badass that family is. Mm-hmm. Um, but you do get to see again the toddlers going off and not falling in line kind of being young and just doing whatever the hell they want um it ends up working out but it's definitely against um uh colin farrell's uh wishes yeah but 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 i think i think the toddlers were there to begin with because of because of michael in the sense of in other words raymond wanted to protect and make sure that colin farrell's character stayed up to like you know because Colin Farrell's character was like the coach was like all right I'm in your dad I'll be loyal to you but obviously you're not going to take his word for it so I think the toddlers were there just to make sure that nothing happened to Michael no they, no, they were they were they, there to kill Michael they were there to kill Michael too like so coach would be off the hook yeah because they didn't know that they were even after that the third okay yeah because coach tells them that's why he when he kills the Russians he missed, He just signals like four, like we were already even, and now we're extra even. Uh, yeah, that's why Coach freaks out when he hears that they're there. Yeah, because they, they didn't. Were, yeah, they they were they haven't been part of the conversation, so they don't know how much the hook uh they are the coaches on, but they do know the coach doesn't like them doing all this gangster shit. So they try to get him off the hook for their dumbass by killing Michael, yeah. but they just so happen to help him. To help, yeah, right. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's so Colin Farrell's character can just play it off as in, like, you know, like he said, Luke puts up the four and he's like, I've done four things now for you, quote unquote, but that's not necessarily how it happened. So, right. um, yeah, that that part was the probably the little messiest part of all this, but but others, I mean, it's like one very small thing compared to like everything that we're kind of wrapping up here, especially after we talk about this last. The little, the little. We have one character that we haven't finalized their story, and that's Fletcher because he got away after the Russians tried to kill. One quick so thing for- about I thought I thought um, Charlie Hunnam. I thought they were gonna reveal that he was cooking a burger. I, I, I thought so. Too, <laughs> I was like, oh no! The way that was, <laughs> they zoomed in on the meat multiple times cooking, and you went from raw. To being cooked on one side and he was flipping it over, I was like, "Oh man!" Yeah, and, and they specifically referenced the, the meat too multiple times. You want the top? You want the top or the bottom? The second piece that he cooks after after we get from the fridge scene with Berger, because I knew it was coming. I I remember that part from the first time I watched it because I rewatched it today as well. Yeah, I didn't remember. I was like, "Wait a minute! Do they feed him? Like who? What's the, where do you get that steak from?" So yeah, I, I forgot about that. All right, and then after that, we get a like a little. Uh, I would call it after credits that they didn't wait for the credits to put it on there. It's just a little yeah, thing at sure. the end. Uh, but I think my favorite thing about the scene is that it sets up really like it could be a possible sequel because why not? Because it's Hollywood. And they explicitly said, yeah. you know, I didn't, I didn't wrap it up because of a sequel. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. So the fact that Fletcher was actually at Miramax. That was yeah, that's what's crazy. And additionally, <laughs> at Miramax, <laughs> he goes to he goes to pitch the story to what seems to be a director that seems to be portrayal of Guy Ritchie, right? Because we see the he's at Miramax. 
we see the Man From U.N.C.L.E. Uh, poster in the background. Um, yeah. I was watching some YouTube videos, and apparently there's a lot more Easter eggs in his office for his other movies. Yeah. But I don't think, I'm not as familiar with, like, you know, the world of uh, Guy Ritchie to kind of yeah, realize there was, that. There was a bunch there. There was a bunch. Um, and then I, I even asked Chewie at the end, like, is that what Guy Ritchie looks like? Is that him? Because I didn't remember, but but it it wasn't, but it was supposed yeah. to be a Guy yeah, Ritchie-like character. Yeah. Um, that would have been that would have been a hell of, hell of a cameo if that would have been him. Yeah. I was like, man, that's crazy. But uh, what I love about that scene is when he enters the car and Charlie Hunnam's character, Raymond, says the same thing to him in Spanish as Hugh Grant did. Hugh yeah. Grant's character did when he was in the shadows. And buenas, I was like, man. Buenas tardes, Fletch Mundo. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. just so great. I was like, man. I know. Be, before the, before we started recording, Austin was saying that he didn't laugh at this movie, but I think he did. I, you know, yeah, you must have laughed. There's, I did. There were so many funny moments, man. There I did. So I'm just saying, like, like this movie didn't. Like, I guess, I guess, I remember the those those funny moments, but like all the other stuff, kind of over, is the acting and everything, the seriousness of a lot of the stuff that happens. I guess. Weighed yeah. more, and so I didn't really remember yeah. laughing I mean, at the, the, man, the man's name is Fuck with a PH. Fuck. So you mean? No, fuck. no, it's it was Fuck. 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 <laughs> fuck. There we go. Earning our explicit tag. So great, man. It's a name. So it's P H U C. So great. Um. All right. Let's. Uh. I got some quick trivia about this movie. Uh, first of all, so you know the barbecue thing that he was cooking on, but also keeps your feet warm. I want one of those. Well, let me tell you who you can get one from. All right, oh. you can get one from Guy Ritchie because he actually makes and sells those things. Are you serious? It was, what? I was watching an interview with uh, it was Jimmy Fallon and, and Charlie Hunnam. Nice. And, and Jimmy asked him like, "So is that a real working barbecue pit?" And he's like, "Not only is it a real barbecue pit." Guy Ritchie makes them and sells them, and he puts them in. His, he put he made a. This is all a commercial for his barbecue pits. <laughs> this whole movie. That's so great. Um, That's so great. Another thing, uh, Kate Beckinsale was originally in the cast, but had to drop out after two weeks, which yeah. I, I'm guessing she would have played the the part she of uh, Rosalind. I don't. I don't think that would. I think it it worked out better. I mean, it would make sense that she would still be a badass. Any role works out trust me i i mean i no 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 i i don't get me wrong i love kate beckinsale but i just think uh i don't know i just think it it, it plays a little bit differently um, i love i love kate beckinsale maybe should have been selena kyle but <clears throat> but anyway uh moving on let's go uh another thing uh hugh grant never met matthew mcconaughey while filming the movie the first time they met oh, really? was in the graham norton show when they were promoting the movie which wow. is wild, but it makes sense because no you never see them. You never see their characters yeah, in her. But also, but also that episode of Graham Norton, that was a hilarious episode. Man, that's crazy. They, man. That's uh, cool. Nice. The the pub that they come back to, it's called Gritchie's Brewery. Guy Ritchie's. Which is yeah. Guy Ritchie's uh, brewing company. So this whole movie right. was just a commercial for the, everything else that was Guy Ritchie's stuff. <laughs> yeah. so. Hey, who knows? Hey, we may we need to find out. Maybe Guy Ritchie has his own tracksuit line. Yeah, you never know. You never uh, know. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it as far as fun trivia facts. Uh, but we can go into the numbers. Do any of you guys have them pulled up? The Round Tomatoes and stuff. If not, I got them. But um, I think you said before we started, what was it? One hundred fifty yeah. million. Made? So this twenty-two million dollar budget. It had a budget of twenty-two million, and it made one hundred fifteen million uh, worldwide. I don't know how many countries it was released in because it only lists the U.S. and the U.K. on here. Uh, but I mean, that's you know, five times its budget. It definitely calls for what I think would be a sequel. Yeah, for you sure. Know? And I think I think out of that twenty-two million, I think like twenty million of that was just casting budget. It had to have been. It's all the cast. <laughs> um, as of recording today on April 14th, uh, this movie sits at 
74% on the Rotten Tomato meter, so it's fresh, and 84% with the audience. Yep. And it's got a 51 meta score and an 8.0 user score on Metacritic. So, Makes sense. I think I think this movie is definitely for if you're a Guy Ritchie fan, you have to watch this movie. If you're a fan of um, shenanigans and uh, you know, like little weird stories with twists and gangsters, like this is a it's it's just a fun movie to watch. Uh, if you like British hip hop, fuck it, why not? Yep. You know, stay until the credits. Yep. So, is there anything else you guys want to talk about the movie before we move on to our last? Little segment. Wow, I thought it was uh, thought it was a solid film. I actually, I mean, I know we haven't had much since you know the whole pandemic, but I mean, as of right now, I think it's definitely top five so far, as far as the movies that I've seen this year so far. So definitely twenty nineteen film, but yeah, well, yeah, it, for sure. Well, it, it debuted. It, it was a limited. It was January. a limited yeah. release in twenty nineteen. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Get out of here! You're not the Oscars. Maybe. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah, I no agree. Netflix movies. <laughs> Netflix wow. is gonna make their own Oscars. Yeah, probably. Um, then they're gonna air them on Netflix. All right. So yeah. to close it out, we're just gonna go through the list of Guy Ritchie films, and you know, if there's any one in particular that you guys wanna do a like a quick fifteen to thirty seconds, uh, because we are running a little long. Uh, we can, and I'll go from the newest to the oldest. Uh, so the, previously to this, uh, Disney's Aladdin live action remake. Uh, I enjoyed that movie. Uh, I love Will Smith, so I had to be there. Sure. Uh, then before that, King of Arthur, King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. Uh, did you guys watch that movie? I did. I did not. I okay. have not. Well, I, I recommend yeah. it if you like yeah. if you like Charlie Hunnam. Yeah. Uh, I do like Charlie Hunnam. So he's he plays yeah, Oliver Queen. <coughs> yeah, he plays the main the main guy. So, so. Uh, the men from Uncle. I didn't like that, Another that, that much. You don't like that movie? It. it was okay. That's why. I, I, that, I uh, it. it was such that, a nice that's surprise. Henry, hey, that's Henry. Yeah. That's Henry Cavill's audition, bro. That's the, that's the original that's Batman versus that's Superman. That's because Army Hammer was supposed to be Batman on uh, on the Justice League movie that George Miller was working on. Okay. So, but yeah. I, it was it, I didn't know it was a TV show before I went to watch the movie. Yeah, it was a TV show before. And yeah. I didn't realize how much I enjoyed. Like, I remember that day because I watched two movies that day, and I just like I didn't realize how much I was going to enjoy this movie. So. Yeah, I think it's something that yeah. I need to go back and and watch again. I I. I think I just probably wasn't in the right mindset for it at the time. Oh, I don't want to watch a good movie right now. You know, I, like sometimes I just want to watch a terrible movie. Let me throw Jackass back on. Oh, no. Never. <laughs> never seen it. We'll never watch it. Yeah, that's... Uh, like the Tiger King or whatever the hell it's called. <laughs> I'm on board with you on there. Um, yeah. Then we have both of, both of the Sherlock Holmes movies with uh, Robert Downey Jr. Love them. Um you know, I like those movies, but I I can't remember like one thing that super stands out other than the slow motion fighting. Slow motion fighting. Yeah, I, I him talking through all the scenes before that happened. Yeah, too. yeah, that was pretty cool too. Uh, yeah. Now we get to a few movies that I'm not super familiar with, but you guys might be. Uh, Twenty two thousand eight Rock and Roller. Um, then we have Snatch from two thousand with Brad Pitt. His masterpiece. Yeah, I think that that may be his most acclaimed film. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm glad to see him still making movies 20 years later or 22 years later. And I think the one that put him on the map, uh, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Yeah. Um, so I think Guy Ritchie, he has some kind of pitfalls as a director, but I think overall uh, he's a very solid movie maker. Um his sensibilities appeal a lot to what I like in movies. Uh, but I do understand why some people don't like the way he edits, like his quick edits and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. I and I feel like, I feel like you, it's his movies are something that you can't like passively watch. And those, that's something that a lot of people like to do these mm-hmm. days, passively watch. Like there's so much going on and there's yeah. the movies jam packed with so much 
that that you have to sit there and pay attention. I think that's something that yeah. a lot of a lot of viewers aren't really interested necessarily in right. these days. Yeah, and I mean we we kind of overlooked the whole Dave subplot in this movie with the but um. There's a ton of subplots. Well, I mean, I mean, Dave, I mean, Dave ended up Dave ended up screwing a pig on drugs. That's just what ended up happening. And they used that they used that as as leverage. Man, right? One guy so does that, it, and then just all media. So that Dave, so that Dave wouldn't wouldn't post the story about Pearson being. I was like, when I saw that, I was like, what is with the UK and screwing yeah, pigs? Black Mirror, same thing. Black, the first episode, exactly. Black Mirror is all about that. That's exactly what I thought when that happened. I was like, "Is like, this is, is that some a weird is stuff? Is that a thing you do over there? Like, they seem to have a lot of cool shit going on with the jumpsuits, but I'm not down for the the farm <laughs> farm shenanigans." Um. All right. Well, uh, thank you guys. I think that'll do it for the episode. So I want to thank my co-hosts for joining me and uh, helping us get distracted a little bit. I hope you guys are doing well at home in the. In these quarantine times, uh, is there any one thing you've been kind of watching the most, or one thing you'll recommend to to our audience that it doesn't have to be a movie? But and don't say Tiger King; I'll cut it out. No, uh, Ozark, fantastic series on Netflix. Um, I just started uh, Money Heist. Um, yes. It's funny. not. It's not. It hasn't pulled me right away, no. but I'm. I'm. I'm working through it. I'm working through it. So hopefully, hopefully, uh, you know, I. I hopefully it, it does get there and I can get through it. Um, what else? Uh, no money heist. Money heist. Man, it's so yeah. good. This hopefully, last man, season, I'm, I'm, I'm giving it a shot. I'm giving it a ah! shot. So. Oh my goodness! Right. This last season. All the all the seasons are great, but awesome. like, you got uh, anything else? Money heist. I'm telling you, it's perfect. It's a oh, Spanish. Uh... It's made in Spain, so it's in Spanish. But you can watch it in subtitles. Or I actually recommend the dub. They did an amazing job on the dub, and it bothers me on a lot of other shows. I can't stand dubs and everything, but this. They did such a great job with that, and it's such a good show. Such a good show. That's cool. And then also for the uh, for the martial arts fans, I ended up watching Itmon Four, the last one with Donnie Yen, uh, the most recent one. The last one, right? Well, yeah. I mean, they. I mean, he. He's. Well, I don't want to. Well, oh. I don't want to give it away, but you know, stuff happens in that movie where it is the finality of of the film of the series so um it was a solid film again so yeah if you haven't seen it go watch it should be on should be on digital already so yep that's all right austin you got anything else um not really i don't i can't even think of anything that i've really watched other than ozark and um uh, money heist uh uh was it onward Watch Onward with your kids. If okay. You oh, yeah. Is that free on Disney Plus now? Yeah, it's on Disney yeah. Plus. Okay. I cried the entire time. I bought it before it came out on Disney Plus. I, I still haven't watched it yet because I'm not ready for that emotional roller coaster again. Okay. But yeah. Uh, well, I'm gonna... That's two in a row now, right? For Pixar? That's two in a row. I think so. Because it was. Because that's their first one since. Was that their first movie since Coco? Or have they done, or has Pixar done something aside from Toy Story? Which was, I was just oh, say Toy Story. Yeah, it was also was that three in a row. That should be yeah. three in a row. Yeah, yeah. That's right. three emotional films. It's like Pixar, man. These are kids' films. Like, what are y'all? What are y'all doing? So, uh, well, they don't. They don't. They're just having fun with all the fantastical creatures, and I'm over here just movie starts, cry, just yeah, ugly I, face I crying. <laughs> Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna recommend um, if you're a fan of Alex Gorlin, who's the director and writer of Ex Machina and uh, Annihilation, I recommend Devs on FX. I have that. Mm. FX is, it, is it good? Slash Hulu. Mm. Holy shit! It's I don't know what the fuck is going on, but that seems like a normal Alex Garland thing. It's a so, sci-fi, sci-fi. It, it, yeah. in- I heard. 
And now that you say that, the chick, one of the lady, one of the chick, one of the actresses in there, was also on Star Trek: Picard, which is another show, by the way, that y'all, anybody who has CBS access, needs. If you're a Star Trekky, you're a Trekkie. Watch yeah. that show. Picard was fantastic. You say that, and half of the internet disagrees, but you know, I'll take your yeah. word for it, Chewy. <laughs> no, dude, Picard season one was Picard season one was really. I'm good. not a Star Trek guy. Maybe I will ask Omar. I did ask Omar right. to see if he wants to do a Star Trek movie since we don't have any new movies to talk about. I am. Uh, I am totally dumb. So maybe uh, Into Darkness or something. I am totally dumb. So one thing, one thing that I actually just I just started subscribing to, subscribing to Quibi. is um Quibi. Quibi. Uh, you, Quibi. I knew it. I, <laughs> I mean, go. I was I got it ninety day free trial. I mean, you can't beat okay. that. That's pretty good. But man. I started watching Survivor, um, or Quibi? Survive. It's called Survive, okay. Survive, Survive, and it's that with, it's uh, pretty intense. Face? It's the girl from uh, Jean Grey yeah. from yeah. from okay. the new yeah. uh, Phoenix, Dark Phoenix. Yeah, Sophie, Sophie Turner. Yeah. And I forgot the black dude's name, but he's he's like really good in it as well. It, it's it's some heavy stuff, but it's really good. I've been really surprised about it, and it's 